2: If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place. Hey, let's kick this off. If you thought your customers were very demanding in 2012, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, wake up and smell the coffee. It's 2013. These questions may help you determine if you're ready for them. Number one, pop quiz. Is your sales team skilled in the art and the budding science of social monitoring and sentiment analysis enough to handle the next level of customer demands? Start thinking about that now. Number two, are you capturing and analyzing what we call field-fresh customer data fast enough, deep enough, well enough to give your sales team a 360 view they can use to make smarter sales. Very important. Number three, can you tell the difference between push and pull marketing and do you know which to use when? Big key for 2013. And finally, number four, are your CMO and your CIO, you know, those C-level guys, savvy enough to know about CRM to help you lead the way? There are so many questions and my panel today has the answers. Join us for CRM 2013. Remember me, and I hope you do. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. I have two special guests on the line, and this is a short show today. We're going to do it all in 30 minutes. So put your seatbelt on. I'm going to introduce my guests now. Paul Greenberg, author and voice of the customer influencer, is president of the 56 Group, a customer strategy consulting firm focused on cutting-edge CRM, that's why he's here, and social CRM. CRM Strategic Services. Another reason. His blog is the 6 grouptypepadcom Paul, welcome, and how are you today?
3: I am good, Bonnie. How are you doing?
2: Fine. You sound wonderful. You're getting some sleep. I know you've been traveling all over the world doing your thing. How are you?
3: Uh, well, um, no, I'm never getting sleep, but that, you know what, does has nothing to do with traveling around the world. It just has to do with insomnia at the age of 63.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, and he admits it. I'm not going there. And let's welcome our second guest joined today by the one and only Jamie Anderson. He is now the global head of CRM Solutions Marketing for SAP. Congratulations and mazel tov to Jamie. He focuses on CRM, e-commerce, and multi-channel solutions delivery. Jamie considers himself, and I quote, somewhat of a CRM veteran, because he has over 15 years' experience in customer-facing solution space. He's worked with many brands in defining and implementing engaging customer experiences, and I think engaging is the key word there, Jamie, and he's an active blogger and tweeter. Welcome, Jamie. How are you, and how's that new title looking on you?
4: Um, I'm I'm great, um, and um, you know, and I'm I'm delighted to be in the show, Bonnie. And I'm slightly embarrassed now to call myself a veteran when I'm in <laughs> uh, when I'm in such venerated company. <laughs>
2: It's all relative, dear. It's all relative. Paul, can we let himself call call himself a CRM veteran? Is that okay with yeah,
3: you? Yeah, as long as he doesn't say venerated about me. <laughs> he's he's found older than even 63.
2: We're throwing this age card around. I don't think I want to go there. Paul, I can top that, but I'm not going to admit it in public. Whoops, I just did. Just a little tiny bit. Yes, Dancing with the Stars on our way to CRM heaven That's here. Right. So let's kick this off. I want to get serious here. Let's talk. Let's start our conversation with the art and the budding science, that's my word, of social monitoring and sentiment analysis. Paul, you want to give us a baseline definition, what should our listeners be paying attention to, and what does this have to do with waking up and smelling the CRM coffee in 2013?
3: (laughs) Well, here's the thing, if you go back, literally, decade or so, uh, we had a communications revolution, and it changed the way people trusted, changed who they trusted, how they trusted, even why they trusted, what they expected of communications, how they communicated, where they communicated, with whom they communicated, what they communicated with. It changed everything. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, customers became incredibly demanding, and a very simple reason. On the one hand, they communicated with their peers and knew that they could, you know, if they were savvy enough, they could leverage the fact that they could reach, you know, hundreds, thousands, and potentially even millions of people. That mm-hmm. and scare companies. And the other, the other fact was that when a push came to shove, because of e-commerce, you know, something that uh, Jamie is very, very well schooled in. Because of e-commerce, they were able to get have choices for the same products and services that they could get previously on only one or two places. So. The combination of the level leveling of the playing field when it came to purchasing in the more demanding customers led to something where a differentiator for a company was no longer the product and services, but was in fact the experiences that the customers was having with the company. And in order for them to have a, a customer to have an experience that was meaningful, they had the company had to know something about the individual customer as opposed to just the market segments or the demographics of the of mm-hmm. the customer group or something like that because the individual's demands were you treat me as me not as you know in my case let's say jewish new yorker who roots for the yankees right you treat, you you treat me as a person who is individually mm-hmm. going to work with you consequently what you now have to look for is the information that in effect differentiates that individual from the rest of their group that you might have probably, you know, it could be your target market still, your target groups still, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, you have to know that individual customer and that data is out there on the social web. You know, it's not just the transactional histories anymore. You know, it's also the interactions that they're having with you as a company and your brand in general and with, uh, other customers. And it's not just about the brand either. It's the interactions and discussions and conversations they're having about things related to the brand. So it could be the general subject uh, that's related to, let's say if it's a hotel, it could be about a Hilton, even if you're a Marriott, right? So the idea is that you have to be able to capture that data, then you have to be able to analyze that information, and then you have to turn it into knowledge so that you can gain insight into the individual and then give them in a broad sense, and there's a whole other thing I won't go into here, uh, the product services, tools and consumable experiences that they need to sculpt their own experience with the company as a customer. Thank you, Paul. I think, I think
2: we've just, I think we just had a CRM 101 A to Z, uh, in what, two and a half minutes. Thank you, Paul Greenberg. You're the, you're the guy. You're the man for this. Jamie Anderson, I want to bring you in here. Any thoughts, uh, how everything that Paul has given us, uh, the playing field here and, and everything we need to know. How does this, how is this going to change in 2013? What is upping the game in terms of CRM specialists like you and all the people you work with around the world? And anybody who wants to really nail this coming out of the Gate in, in January, which is where we are right now. What's what's your advice and suggestions for really raising the bar for CRM, Jamie Anderson?
4: Well, I mean, Paul, Paul makes some I mean terrific points, obviously, and I mean we 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 got a very very you know kind of concise history. You know, the sort of the history, I guess, the communications and where things started to change with CRM, and very clearly, one of the things was that customer expectations have consistently risen. But mm-hmm. with, I guess with the social, when social came along and, you know, it started to engage customers and help them engage with each other, consumers, you know, um, talking together, sharing ideas and thoughts, you know, about brands and products. When that started to happen, they became empowered. Then they were mobilized by, you know, the mobile networks and next generation digital devices. So this expectation continued to grow, you know, and the need to be personal, You know, as Paul said, and to take all that data that these customers are generating and analyzing that data to become relevant became the next thing. Because what you want to do as a brand is actually evoke some kind of positive emotional response with every customer interaction, with every experience the customer has. Mm -hmm. So that became incredibly important. But the big, big topic for me, you know, is this whole notion of real time. Because, you know... You think about it. Think about, you know, I mean, as Paul and I kind of been all all over the place in the last week, you know, our time is precious. Your time's precious, Bonnie. You know, and what you don't want, you know, you don't want to be engaging with, you know, with a brand two or three weeks after you've done something. It's about what they can do in the moment. It's how they can take the information they have about you, about something you've done, about something that's changed in real time, and then to actually make, You know, an intelligent, you know, kind of intervention or an intelligent engagement that gives you something that you absolutely need at that point in time. I mean, real time and big data is the the big challenge, I think, and that's where the, the battle will be won.
2: Jamie and and, uh, Paul, do you think that we could, I'm just making this up, do you think that we could call 2013 the year of the customer experience? I know we throw that word experience around what are they thinking, what are they feeling. You, Jamie, you, Paul, I, Bonnie, we're all consumers. We're all customers of something almost every minute of the day as well as what we do to make our living. So this experience thing, it sounds to me like the enhancement or the next level of the me generation. How do I feel about that store? How do I feel about that brand? What was my experience. Who am I going to tweet this to? What am I going to say on Facebook? Is this experience Nirvana right now, Paul? What do you think? Are we taking this to a level where can anybody really get their arms around this? Is it me, me, me? What do you think?
3: Well, the answer is, what? Sort of. The, there's sort of yes and no in this one. First of all, just on the on the issue of customer experience. Look, you know, it's been hyped to a level that's like staggering to me at, at a certain level. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Uh, I remember when I wrote the first edition of CRM at Speed of Light, and it came out in it came out in like January 2001, I think. But I was writing in 2000, and the very first definition I ever wrote, which is on page xvii of the introduction <laughs> of the first edition, said that CRM was a system that was designed to improve the customer's experience. This isn't, and I wasn't the first to say things like that. I mean, this customer experience has been around for more than a decade as far as a core require, or a core result in any way, improved customer experience is a core result that people were looking for from CRM. Did they get it from CRM? Not necessarily. Now, that said, it's nice to see it back, right? As, mm, okay. as a, as a core topic. Um, is it elevated? Sure, because you know, the reality is that With the, uh, let's say with the growth of social CRM, what really happened was that we saw a much deeper focus on customer behavior and analyzing customer behavior so that you can forecast customer behaviors, uh, than we had ever seen before. And that has led to, obviously, the idea of a customer experience, you know, and the thing is that, you know, it's, it's a natural evolutionary thing on one level, but it's not a new thing by any means at all, and, and you know, the people who are trumpeting it as some, you know, brand new harbinger of change are out of their minds, you know, and the reality is what it does, what is important is that we have much greater tools from a technology standpoint, we have much more, uh, much better practices, m- more cases of success and failure than we had a decade ago, or more than a decade ago. You know, and that gives us the ability to succeed at the improvement of the customer's individual experience. And we know that the parameters for what that means have changed too, because the individual now has to, you know, is demanding an individual experience as opposed to back then when they weren't demanding much more than improved products and services. So, you know, I'll put it this way. Once we can strip the hype from it, we can develop the science and the art for it, you know. Um, the hype's starting to go away. The companies that are laying claim to it are being put in a position where they have to prove it um, and, you know, over the next year, we'll see that as, let's say, we'll see better and improved ways of getting that individual the things they need to sculpt their own experience with the company and that's going to be the big positive here and, and Jamie alluded to. Some of it with the whole discussion around, you know, the velocity and volume of social data out there.
2: And when we come back from break, we're going to kick off with Jamie Anderson talking about exactly that. So I take it back. 2013 is not the year of CRM experience, customer experience. It'll be the year of the individual. You heard it first. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. On air today for just a half hour, the first show, Paul Greenberg and Jamie Anderson. We'll be right back after the break. And Paul and Jamie, be prepared to tell me what's in your cup, what are you drinking today, and then we'll continue our conversation. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad out.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. If you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
2: And here we are. Je pense donc je suis. Paul Greenberg, what are you drinking today on the Coffee Break show?
1: Well,
3: see, I was up in Canada, in Newfoundland this, uh, this week, and on our way there, we found this place called David's Teas, and mm. this is really exotic and o- extraordinarily good teas, so I popped open a sachet,
2: oh.
3: <laughs> I meaning a tea
4: bag, a tea bag
3: of <laughs> organic black tea from David's Teas this morning for the first time, and I gotta tell you, awesome.
2: Wonderful! Glad it's awesome. I've I have seen some of those sachets, and when I find them, I don't use them. I save them just to look at them because they're so adorable. <laughs> Jay, and I smell them. That's it. I sniff them. Oh, that was good tea. Jamie Anderson, what are you drinking today?
4: Well, I today I'm drinking and in desperate need of uh, some San Francisco Bay gourmet coffee, courtesy of the family-run Rogers Company. Um, and I like to think of them as spreading sunshine from San Francisco to Scotland. Now, that's probably not the catchphrase, but I think
2: it should be because I love it. That's funny. Kate McNeil is joining us on Twitter today, and she says, It's always Pete's. It's Pete's Sulawesi coffee brewed in a French press with, ooh, half and half. Kate, a lady after my heart. I love my half and half. Don't get it often, but when I do, it's delicious. Okay, Jamie, let's pick up the conversation where we left off before the break. Talk about, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? We're talking about CRM 2013. I propose that this will be the year of the individual ex. Experience for CRM. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I was going to say, I think it's evolved that way, you know, kind of, just as I said, with the social and the mobile technologies and Mm -hmm. also with, particularly on the sort of e-commerce and the digital engagement side, you know, the, um, the, the growing importance of things like web content management because those kind of tools are personalizing, you know, enabling brands online to personalize the experience for customers as well. But it's all really again. It comes back to this thing that it's all about the da- the data. I loved what co- I loved what, you know Paul was saying as well, you know, just about the uh, you know the whole customer experience thing. I mean, we kind of laugh at it, you know, um, myself and Paul and others, when we hear customer experience come round again, because you know to us it's always been there. It's always been the heart, you know, of CRM. But, you know, coming back to, you know, some of the, some of the newer trends like, you know, the social and the mobile, uh, technology we've seen really gather a pace. You know, and this, this has actually created, it's been a customer, you know, kind of evolution. You know, customers are actually forcing companies to get better because their expectations are, are higher. The way they communicate with their friends has changed. I mean, They don't wait, you know, until the weekend to do things in batch, right, to update their Facebook status, you know, and that type of thing. They basically update their relationship status in real time, in the moment. And it's that whole aspect of in the moment of relevancy and reach and scale that, you know, a lot of these new technologies give brands, you know, and enable them to reach the customer. And to me, that's the big thing. And this personalized experience is, is becoming more of an accepted um, not an accepted norm but an accepted expectation you know you, we've, we shop with you we give you lots of information we like you on Facebook what do you know about us you know prove yeah. it prove that you know and you can deliver me the experience that I want and customers are really challenging that
2: Great point. I have a question from a listener for both of you and then I want to I want to tick off two of the questions I asked in my pop quiz at the opening. I want Paul to give us a quick down and dirty definition of push versus pull marketing and then we'll talk about the CMO and CIO what their job is to lead the way. But the question from the listener is, do you think customers resent the term CRM, customer relationship management in the fa- in the way that they are being managed for the sake of corporate profits? Who wants to take that one quickly?
3: Oh, I'm happy to grab that one. Um, Go ahead, Paul. The answer is sort of. Um, There's, there's always been that. That's another one that's sort of a time-honored thing. People resent the idea of management. But keep in mind, you know, historically, CRM was managing processes and rules and transactions. You know, and look, there was a huge fight that went on in the CRM world over the years between CRM as a strategy. Versus Serum is a technology when it came to definition. And ultimately, even though it actually still is a customer facing strategy, uh, the technology kind of definition won. Okay, now, mm-hmm. that's not, it's neither bad nor good, it just is. The reality is though that, that when you're talking about that, you know, it was, let's say, unfortunately coupled with the word management, relationship and management got coupled mm-hmm. together, but, but that said, um, that said, the reality was very simple you know customers how do I put this companies have objectives that are different than customers objectives companies idea of value is profitability its revenue it's all those things that we know and love or hate depending on who we are uh... customers idea of value is to feel valued right in one way or the other Um that's seemingly conflicting but not actually conflicting. The problem that occurred was that people such as the, the person who asked the question were translating this into corporate profit, you know, corporate profits. Of course that's what mm-hmm. their objective is. Their objective isn't to be nice, just simply <laughs> nice. <Their objective laughs> Breaking <is> news. <laughs> to make money, right? And to do something, you know, to sh- please their stakeholders or shareholders. And to that end, they're conflicting, organiza- you know, the company is internally conflicting all the time. so When you see relationship management, a lot of it has just been management of the technology and the processes and the systems that were needed to optimize their, uh, capability to handle the transactions, uh, of customers. Uh, but it gets interpreted as, you know, corporate greed and profitability. You know, look, I'm a leftist, okay? I'm a, uh, my political views are far left, but there's a reality principle. Businesses are there to make money. They need customers to do that. Customers are there to get some value from those businesses in ways that they want to get it. And when the twain meets, it works. When the twain doesn't meet, when it conflicts, it doesn't work. It's as simple as that. But my, and I'll close with this. My simplest definition of CRM has always been this: if a customer likes you and continues to like you, they'll continue to do business with you. If they don't, they won't. That's it, and that's pretty much. So you can complain about CRM as a mm-hmm. acronym, and as, but it, reality is it's ir, that's not relevant. What's relevant is the business provides what the customer needs to get value from the business, and in return, they get value from the customer.
2: Sounds fair to me. Let's do a quick definition of push versus pull marketing. Who wants to take it, Paul or Jamie? I'll open it up.
4: Uh, well, I'll, I'll dive in and give a perspective, and I'll, I'll be very, very brief. I mean, I okay. think that um, to me, push marketing is about broadcasting, right? Mm-hmm. And pull marketing is about engagement. And that engagement, you know, is built on the fact that you provide some kind of value from it and you draw the customer in whether it's to a conversation, whether it's to, you know, a portal or whatever it happens to be that gives them some kind of kind of value back and somewhere you can engage, you know, with a customer. It's funny, you know, I, I can't believe with all the data that exists out there and with all this insight that, you know, we claim to have, you know, as, as brands or retailers that we we continue, you know, to, to blast market or to push you know, offers out to customers. I won't mention the brand, but it's one of the most instantly recognized uh, brands globally, you know, a luxury, you know, consumer product brand. I had a conversation with them recently um, where they told me they sent 500 million emails a year. and. They then went into great detail to explain the technical infrastructure that manages bounce backs and so on from uh, from Google and gets through spam filters. Frankly, I was horrified. In this <laughs> day and age, if you don't know your customers or you're not investing in the technology that can enable you to market one-to-one with those customers, you, a lot of that great kind of brand trust and brand loyalty that you've built up, regardless of who you are, or evaporate as we move forward.
2: There you go. Everything's real time in the moment. I just want to cover one more point before we go into the closing here. CMOCIO, what's the DNA of the people who will do the best job today, given the way we've been talking about the direction of CRM? Paul, CMOCIO, who are they, quickly? Uh,
3: well, you mean who who are they in terms of what they can do with CRM?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. What What's the profile of the people to do the best job for the era of the individual? Shops? I mean, a lot
3: of people think it's the CMO. I frankly don't care. Um, the reality, from my standpoint, is I've worked in when I've done um, CRM strategies. Sometimes the best person I've dealt with is a CFO. It's you know what? It's basically the C-level executives who understands what customers are thinking the best. And there's no title that guarantees that level of understanding and knowledge. There's also now, you know, chief customer officers out there as a, as a, a class of C-level executives. There's also slightly, let's say slightly lesser, quote-unquote, SVPs of customer experience out there. You know what? Companies like United at one point had four SVPs of customer experience in five years, meaning guess somebody wasn't getting it, you know? So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying, you know, is the title itself doesn't guarantee the best champion for the initiatives. So, to me, and you know, many differ on this. Of course, to me, even though I, f- I find it easier to talk to a CMO, just because I'm not as technical as a CIO is. Um, the reality is, the best person to promote and and to champion the initiative is the one who understands the best regardless of their uh, their M or I or F or E or O.
2: Or where at the C table they sit. Jamie, right. parting thoughts? You want to echo what Paul said? I can give you about 30 seconds oh, here. What do you think?
4: Yeah, sure. I'm, I'll be really, really brief on this, Bonnie. I mean, what, what I've seen is the need, particularly in areas like retail, you know, for CMOs and CIOs to really come together. Because what's happened is that CMOs, they've really taken on a lot more responsibility for the mining of information in social and the mobile space. And they've become more important inside the organization as a result, because you don't typically get a CMO actually at the top table. That just doesn't kind of happen. But with all the big data, With all this, you know, information that exists, they need to work with the CIO. It's important that they sync up with the CIO. And actually, it's one of these cases where, you know, the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. They need to get together Mm -hmm. to sort this out. There's a great opportunity there.
2: Wonderful. And I want to say a big thank you to my two guests, Paul Greenberg And Jamie Anderson, I'm going to do a quick shout-out here about what's coming up. We don't have time for predictions, but I'll tell you, if you stay tuned, if you're listening to us live, today is Wednesday, January 16th, 2013. Coming up after the break, a brand-new show called Big Data Power 2013, fast, faster, and wow, and that's the way we're running the show today. And next week, January 23rd, here's a topic nobody has dared to touch, at least not on SAP Radio, fraud, A to Z. We'll be hearing from four pros. We're going to talk to Michael Rasmussen, the father of GRC, Jonathan Midup, a partner at Fraud Investigation and Dispute Services, SAP's Norman Marks, chief audit executive of major global corps around the world since 1990, and Rod Brennan, the risk and internal control officer for Siemens Corporation NA. What a panel. I want to thank Paul Greenberg. I want to thank Jamie Anderson for taking the time to be on this super fast edition of SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers. I want to do a shout out to Anka Riebel, Malcolm and Kimberlin as well, and the Business Channel team. Paul, Jamie, have a great day. Thanks for joining me. And here's my closing. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign R A D I O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.